I don't know, Brother Ron, you might remember this. Uh, there was many times whenever I had to lead a cappella on a Wednesday night, and uh, we would sing it as well, which me leading, period, is no good. But uh, me leading a cappella is even like a, an, another form of misery for people to have to endure. But, uh, but we would we sing it as well one time. And I just remember going like, I want, like, at that last one, I wanted a crescendo like we experienced this morning, Brother Mitch. And, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the crescendo. And I was like, could you all imagine? Just imagine there's trumpets and there's, 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 there's drums banging and everything. And, and, and. We now have a crescendo. It's so good. Uh, we have the crescendo. Oh, my goodness. Thinking about Jesus returning. Oh, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. That's what we need, isn't it? Oh. Let's go to the Lord in prayer again. God, were it not for your mercies, we would be consumed. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that this is a place uh, where we experience your, your grace and your mercy when we gather together. We're reminded, Lord, and we need the reminder because when we go out, uh, Lord, whether we're looking at ourselves in the mirror and seeing our own uh, 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 foolishness and frailty, Lord, or we are uh, turning on the news and uh, the endless stream of news of all these terrible atrocities that happen each and every day, uh, Lord, these things could consume us. And we need to remember your mercy and your grace in the midst of it. And so thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for giving us uh, your son, Jesus. Thank you that Jesus is at the right hand, ruling and reigning, even right now. Thank you that, his, uh, that, that you have sent us your spirit so that we could, uh, as a special mercy, as a grace, so that we could walk Worthy, worthy of your name, worthy of your son's name. Uh, Lord, thank you that uh, you've given us hope that one day, one day uh, you will make all things new. Uh, until that day, we seek your mercy, Lord. Uh, God, I pray and I ask that today as I speak, you would speak uh, through me, uh, that uh, what I say will be clear. Um, and then, Lord, that uh, uh, like as Brother Mike uh, prayed this morning, uh, I won't be, it won't be any of my own interpretations. But Lord, I'll speak as your spirit leads, guides, and, is, uh, and I'll speak true words. Uh, I pray that we would receive that which you have for us today. Uh, I pray these things in Christ's mighty resurrected name. Amen. Amen. Um, <clears throat> I want to introduce y'all to somebody. Uh, Brother Mike, if you'll bring up that first picture. This is Elena. And uh, this is us uh, eating some treats, having some coffee and tea 
with Elena. Let me show you Elena's home. This is Elena's home. Um, I'm going to go to that next slide as well. This is another aspect of Elena's home. Uh, Elena and her family uh, were hunkered down in the next picture, Brother Mike. That's not the picture. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. Well, you can just pause right there for now. They were hunkered down in a root cellar. Uh, this is not a, you know, uh, this is not a, uh, an appropriate fallout shelter uh, in which one would normally uh, find themselves uh, 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 hunkered down as missiles and bombs are dropping around you. It is a, it's a storage facility where you put your preservatives. Um, but it is underground, and that was the best that they could do. And so for the better part of 17 days, they hunkered down in this root cellar. All while there were uh, missile attacks, uh, there were bombs dropped in their village, there were tanks going up and down the street, um, and <clears throat> they were uh, making their way. They were occupying their territory as they were trying to make their way to uh, Kiev. And of course, we know they didn't make their way to Kiev, uh, that Russia had to uh, retreat. But this family stayed in this, uh, in this root cellar for the better part of 17 days, and whenever they thought that it was safe, uh, that they could leave, they left. They emerged to their house being destroyed, as you saw in the pictures. And those pictures really don't even do it justice, because I can't even get the whole scope, the whole landscape of the thing. Uh, will you bring up that first picture again, Brother Mike? So what we did was we were able to uh, procure some uh, building supplies, take them to Elena and her family, and distribute them. We also were able to distribute some humanitarian aid in their village. And, and before we, and we were there for, uh, for, for most of the day. It's, uh, this is in Chernigiv. This is just uh, north, uh, northeast of Kiev. We were there for most of the day. And uh, while we were there, we're, you know, we're doing some work and we're unloading things. And um, I see on her back porch in the midst of this rubble, um, her, her son is, is starting, to, uh, starting to boil some water and he's setting a table and he, they're pulling some chairs around and, um, and come to find out uh, uh, Elena had told him uh, that we needed to be treated to some coffee and some tea. And uh, I don't know that I can adequately express weightiness of this experience of, of sitting in the rubble of Elena's beautiful home. They've lived there for over 30 years. Uh, generations of their family uh, live around them. I'm sitting in the rubble. We are, we are, we are making coffee and tea with a 
kettle that was set on a like a, an old barrel, basically that uh, that they're using as a um, as a uh, um, you know stove a fire pit. Um, this is not the setup that she had wanted, but it's what she can do. And she's bringing us everything that she has. And we've been inside of her home. And um, <clears throat> Mike's going to kind of cut up in and out. Well, you just turn it down just a little bit, though, so it's not so hard. Thank you, Brother Mike. Um, uh, inside of her home, uh, the reason why we couldn't be in there is because, A, most of the rooms are blown out, and the only room that's not blown out is the room where the whole family is living. And so we are sitting there on this back porch. There is just debris everywhere. Um, and I'm taken back that what she wants to do is provide us some coffee and tea some hospitality. Uh, now, I will say this is not unique to Elena. Uh, there's another couple pictures up there. I don't know did they if they came through, Brother Mike. Okay, well, don't worry about it. We're good. Um, I had some other pictures of other spreads that we would have because almost every place that we went, we went to a orphanage in Komarivka and as we got done yes this is a type of spread that we would see everywhere that we went well at the orphanage in Komarivka um, we are getting ready to leave and they said no 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 come here and they uh, usher us into their cafeteria and they have set before us uh, if it's not coffee and tea this stuff is called uh, compote and it's uh, it, it, some of it is they'll brew it themselves uh, using like um, using apples or, or different fruits and um and so we'll have that uh these sandwiches um and uh, just all these types of anything that they can put together and set on the table usually there's some sandwiches and there's treats and there's just way more than you should be eating um one day actually um we went and we had several stops and every stop that we had, we had, they were like, would y'all like coffee and tea? And, and this is in America. And in America, you know, you go into somebody's house and they offer you something and you're almost, you almost feel compelled to say no first. I don't know why that, that's what we do, but we all have that. Maybe because our mother said, you don't ask for anything whenever you go over to your friend's house. You know, y'all, y'all remember that? You would go over to your friend's house. You would be like, you'd be like, like starving and so thirsty. And you're like, I can't ask for a drink of anything. Um, and if your parents didn't tell you that, oh, we got that regularly. That was like prime rule number one whenever we were sent over to somebody's house. You don't ask for anything, you Whatever they give you, you take, but you don't ask for anything. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we go over to somebody's house and they say, would you like something? And, and like, unless you really do want something, a lot of times we think the polite answer is to say no first. And, uh, and, and we play this game where, oh, no, I'm good. Oh, no, you know, really take something. Oh, no, I'm, I'm all right. No, no, okay. You know, and so like you almost, we, we do this thing. Over there, it's like, if they offer it to you, it is a sign of respect. It is, uh, um, it is, it's your mutual reception of their hospitality that is valued. 
So whenever they say coffee or tea, you might not need coffee or tea. But you say, yeah, uh, a little a choo-choo, just a little bit would be good. Um, that is Ukrainian for just a little bit. Um, and if it didn't sound like Ukrainian to you, I, don't, I, I, can't, I can't tell you that I would do much better uh, ever again. Uh, that's the closest I can do. Um, yeah, one day we, were, we had several stops and we had coffee and tea at one place. Coffee and tea, like uh, two hours later, we stopped somewhere and we had coffee and tea. And then we still had to get to um, Pastor Vasily's home and his wife had prepared dinner for us. And so like, <laughs> so like in like, uh, you know, a four hour span, we ate, you know, several different meals. Um, uh, uh, and we were, we were adequately fed and taken care of. Um, although hospitality is a little bit different in America, like I said, we play this game. Oh, no, I don't need anything. Oh, but thank you very much. You know. We know, we know about hospitality. You've, you've had moments where you've been extended some hospitality that were, that were like that weighty, like Elena's hospitality extended to us. Can you think about a time? I think about some of y'all, y'all have been married for a long, long time, and y'all are, y'all are doing well financially now, but uh, that's not how it always was, was it? Some of y'all started out scraping pennies. My mother-in-law and father-in-law tell this story about how uh, well, one time that he, he's always been in ministry, um, and they were living in Ohio. They had just been married for a little bit. Uh, they were, who knows what, what kind of luxurious salary he was being given for uh, the hard work that he was doing as a, a youth pastor and a music minister at this church up in Ohio in the mid-80s. And um, uh, they were living in a, uh, a, a garage apartment that somebody uh, in the church owned. And um, they had... We're running out of week before they were running out of paycheck. And so they went and they started collecting all the change that they could uh, from couch cushions and uh, car floorboards. And, uh, and they ruffled up some change and they were going to go buy some beans, uh, some rice, and some potatoes. And that's what they were going to eat for the next few days. And my father-in-law being the man that he is, uh, was too embarrassed to go in there into the store. And so he sent uh, my mother-in-law into the store because she was going to be paying <laughs> with change. And I think about that story, and I think y'all know what those stories are like. And it was in those moments that y'all were met with hospitality, some generosity, some grace was extended to you. I think about us as a church this last week, we, we had family promise here. And as a church, we got to practice this welcoming people into our space and extending to them some warmth, some generosity, some hospitality. Not everybody 
I, I, here's what I would say. I don't know that you and I know the weight that that has on these families that come in. It might be something that you and I, if we're not careful, we could even maybe take it for granted. What it means that we, uh, that we uh, take time, energy, and resources and devote them so that these families can have a place to stay. All of this, starting with Elena's story, uh, uh, working through uh, some of these other things that we've talked about this morning, all of this uh, really uh, is kind of interesting to me, this whole uh, concept of hospitality, because um, we find actually this concept is rather large in Scripture. It's probably larger than we would uh, imagine it to be in Scripture, in fact. Uh, but one of the things that I've done is, uh, as, I, as I've been coming back from Ukraine, as I've been processing things, I've been, uh, you know, just seeing how the Lord would have me not only take these experiences and, and, and have them applied to my life and how they shaped and formed me, but pastorally how I can come and I can preach. Is, is I, I've been going to Romans, and Romans has been this, this book that I don't know why. I, I, I just started out. I sent you all that um, and that prayer request on the front end of the of the trip, uh, and it was out of Romans, and then, and so just as I've been working through things, I've been coming back to Romans, and and we all know the last chapter of Romans is this chapter where Paul is commending all of these people uh, to uh, the, the the churches there at Rome, and uh, and it's a long list of these people, and and he has wonderful things to say about them, but he is commending them to them, and and what you. Sh- should understand is whenever he's doing this he's saying hey you need to welcome them you need to greet them you need to you need to make space for them if if, if they if they're traveling through uh, these are people that you want to welcome in the book of third john um uh, gaius is celebrated because uh, he is he is extending hospitality to traveling uh, teachers and preachers of the gospel and uh and, and really what's kind of interesting is this all uh, really goes all the way back to the story of Abraham. In Genesis chapter number 18, we know that uh, an angel of the Lord appeared unto uh, Abraham. Abraham looked up from his, from his tent one day and there's three men. And the story goes that Abraham hastened to welcome them in and to prepare a meal for them. Uh, he had uh, Sarah uh, cook, some, uh, cook some bread, bake some bread. He sent one of his, one of his uh, 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 young guys who worked for him. Uh, he said, hey, go, go kill this calf. This is a good, healthy uh, calf. And, and they ate the food, and as they were eating the food, as he welcomed them in, uh, the angel of the Lord revealed to him, uh, you know that promise that God made to you a long time ago? A promise that your wife Sarah would have a baby boy? Well, that promise is about to come up. 
This is when we have that famous moment because Sarah was uh, she was standing in the in, in the doorway of the tent and, uh, and and their backs were towards her. And they said this to Abraham. She heard it and she laughed. I will remind everybody, Sarah's not the only one to laugh at this. Abraham had laughed as well, but Sarah gets highlighted a lot for laughing. But we have that great moment where you have this, this, this question, is anything impossible for God? Uh, so in their culture, in their history, uh, the people of God have always looked to that story and not just said, oh, hey, look, God showed up and, and, and he blessed Abraham. But they said, Abraham, Abraham received, welcomed, provided hospitality. And it was in, in, in that God showing up and, and Abraham receiving him. Abraham giving a hospitality. Both of these things work together for this moment. Where God's promise, blessing, uh, was going to uh, begin to be fulfilled right there. Another interesting place is in Matthew chapter number 10. In Matthew chapter number 10, uh, we find that Jesus calls unto him his 12 disciples and Jesus gave them power against unclean spirits so that they could cast out uh, the, the unclean spirits. Uh, he gave them power so that they could heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Uh, verse number two tells us who all went. It says that the, the 12 apostles were uh, Simon, who's called Peter. It was Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Labius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Verse 5 tells us in Matthew chapter number 10, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach. Preach this good news. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse number eight, he says, while you go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. And then he says in verse number nine, uh, provide neither or don't take with you gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor script for your journey. Neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves. Why? The workman is worthy of his meat. And then verse number 11 says, And in whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till you go thence, till you leave that city. And when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But it, if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that city, uh, or out of that house or that city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, 
It shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah and the day of judgment than for that city. We'll pause right there. Jesus equips his disciples with uh, this power, this power from on high to do these amazing things, to heal people, to cast out demons. And he's telling them, hey, as you go, I want you to freely do this. You, you do this without charge, freely do it, right? You're not doing this. This isn't, this isn't how you're going to uh, you know, uh, be making bank, baby, right? You go and you, you freely give. And then also, it's not only do it free of charge, but it's also don't, don't, be, don't be partial with who you're giving this to. You're going to the lost sheep. Uh, of the house of Israel, and whoever comes up to you, they get to receive it. Uh, this is not something that you're going to withhold from anybody who I'm sending you to. And then he tells them, you're doing this free of charge, you should be doing this impartially, but don't, uh, don't pack up, don't load yourself down with a bunch of money. It's a bunch of resources. Uh, listen, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. And you will be received. And you will be provided for. And you will be taken care of. Your needs will be met. Uh, Y'all see how this is an act of trust here? Are you willing to go and trust that somebody on the other side is going to open up their home to you, welcome you in? And not just you, right? Because they're not just going themselves. What are they going as or who are they going for? They're going as ambassadors. They have this message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you think about this in, the, in light of, of, of the empire of Rome that they lived in. There would have been ambassadors who would have gone ahead of Rome's generals and their armies. And they would have gone into these cities and said, hey, guess what? The, the kingdom of Rome, the empire of Rome is here. The Pax Romana is here. We came to rescue you, to liberate you. You can experience all the peace of Rome. They saw themselves going as ambassadors in much the same way, announcing the kingdom of heaven is here. And what we know they believed is that Jesus is the king, he's the Messiah. The Messiah is here. We are coming to, to, to announce that the Messiah is here. And so if you are received, you're not just receiving, they're not just being received by these people, but the kingdom message, the message of the king is being received by these people. It's an act of trust that there would be Somebody who provided for them on the other end.
but Jesus also warns. Not everywhere you go will you be welcome. Not everyone will extend unto you hospitality. Not everyone will be worthy. Now, I think about this, you know, this text kind of, and sometimes the text, just because it is Jesus speaking, sometimes we read these things, and, um, and, 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 and uh, when we think about, like, you go and you inquire who is worthy, and you're like, oh, man, what does this mean? And I think if we could just remove some of the, you know, some of the religiosity away from some of that stuff, if we could just think about it practically, they would go into a town and they would have to ask the question, um, you know, uh, who, who welcomes in people? And what I think is interesting, you go into a town or a village, people know who's going to be the ones who welcome in people. Right? In our community here, you can think about this. Who are the people who on Sunday morning, if somebody new is in our in our in our in our space who are the people who are just more naturally inclined to be the ones who go and say hey welcome we're so glad you're here we have people like that don't we you might not be that person and some people might want to uh shame and condemn you uh, and to the nth degree for not being that person but i would just say we're all different people and so we thank God that we have those people. I, I would hope that uh, some of us would be a little bit more um, uh, uh, bold at times or, 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 or um, you know, uh, even considerate of others at times. But the fact of the matter is, is we can't go, everybody has to be doing everything because we're a body. We have a bunch of different phalanges, don't we? And so, I'm not here to shame or condemn anybody who doesn't do this. What I am here to do is to say we know who does it. We know that there are people who are more, who are more apt towards those things. They would go into a town or a village and they might begin asking, who are the ones who, ha who put, up, put up some traveling ambassadors in their home? And they'd say, oh, you want to go down here? You're going to go see Mary. Mary's good for that. They have an extra room. and uh, I could make up a whole story right there, but we'll just stop right there. But you could imagine it, right? Mary welcomes people in. So then they go, they show up to Mary's house. Peace be upon you. And if there is peace at that house, then peace be upon them. And if they found out that they got some bad intel, because Mary, who usually welcomes people in, doesn't like the cut of their jib, doesn't like the, the sound of their message, and Mary says, not here, no room for you, then they would not say, peace be upon you. The thing that I just think is really unique and really kind of stunning about this is and like I said, I think it's a little bit larger than maybe we've, we've thought about before, is, is if people aren't there to receive them on the other end, how are they going to be provided for? A 
if people aren't there to receive them on the other end, how's the message going to get out? Another story just comes to mind. I think about Elijah, the prophet. And he goes to the widow. And he says, let me stay here with you. Feed me, take care of me. And she's like, we have nothing. <laughs> well, you feed me and take care of me, and it will continue. And again, I see like a mutual thing going on here. She, she welcomes him, and it's through her welcoming of him that there's provision that keeps flowing. So what do we make of this? We see it. We see it with Abram. We see Paul, uh, not only in Romans, but you can look at every single one of Paul's letters and every single one of Paul's letters, uh, I, I believe. If I'm wrong about this, uh, I've been wrong before, but I'm pretty sure in every single one of Paul's letters, and if it's not in every single one, let's say 98% of them, he is always commending uh, some traveling companions to those who he's writing to. You, you could think about this. If people weren't willing to show hospitality in the first century, the gospel would not have gotten very far. Yes, we needed people to go preach, proclaim, the, be the ambassadors. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The teachers and preachers and the apostles and the prophets would go proclaim. But they were carried along. Probably by some really, really wonderful widow woman. Who said, I have a room. And I'll provide you a meal. You can stay with me. Uh, Paul speaks of one of his friends in chapter 15. Uh, I believe it's, is it Rufus? It's a great name. In chapter 15, it's chapter 16. He says, salute Rufus. This is verse number 13 of Romans chapter number 16. Uh, salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. A way to understand that is not to say that his mother, that Rufus's mother, or Rufus is Paul's brother, and that this is his biological mother, but that Rufus's mother has been like a mother to me. So, It seems quite important to the work of the Lord that we do something as simple as welcoming someone in. We can think about that as a church. You know, know that one thing that people... Uh, we'll remark on 
whenever they go visit somewhere? Did people make you feel welcome? You know that, don't you? It might be easy to forget that whenever this is your place. You've come here week after week, year after year, year after year, year after year, year after year. It's yours. This is this is this is this is your your place. You belong here. And sometimes it can be it, it can be one of those things that you have to remember. Oh yeah, this isn't their place. And I want to make sure that they know that they have a place. So we can think about that as a church. We can think about this as individuals. I think about us as a church, not only what we do on Sunday, but even like this great ministry that we have, Family Promise. Uh, I, I told Brittany um, this last week, you know, it's it's hard in the summer to get some volunteers to stay in Family Promise. And that's just because everybody's so busy. Everybody's traveling. It was hard Easter. We had we hosted on Easter and uh, people were going to be gone and they had planned for Easter weekend. And it was hard towards the end of the week to get all volunteers and I told Brittany I said you know what I said I, I I'm at the point to where I believe in this ministry so much that if I have to stay every night it's a week it's four weeks out of the year if I had to stay every night I would do it because I believe what this ministry provides now having said that I don't want to stay every night but I will because I believe in it Now think about this in our own lives. Think about like just the simple ways. We always, you know, you want how can I how can I be a witness for Jesus? How can I bear the light? What if just while you are in line, instead of picking up your phone and isolating yourself from everybody around you? What if just very simply you made small talk with another person in line? And you, wel- you, 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 you don't have to welcome them into your home, but you welcome them into your moment. And I'm not going to sit there and say, every time you do that, you're going to get an opportunity to proclaim the good news explicitly. But I will say this, that whenever we do that, we implicitly proclaim the good news. When we do that, when we get out of just me and my comfort and my my desire in this moment to, hey, I'm just going to see how you're doing. We are telling the cosmic story that there's a God in heaven who is not concerned with himself, but he's concerned with us. He loves us cares for us. He attends to us. He provides for us. He sustains us. And we fall short and he continues to love us and to provide for us and to sustain us and he rescues us. I think that's where I'm supposed to say amen this morning.
because it's now time for us to go. And as we go, let's think about this. We've been received. And we see how the gospel has worked through people uh, being received and people extending hospitality. So I encourage us as we go, we who have been received, that we receive others as well. And with that I say, amen. I'm going to invite you to a time of reflection, consideration, talking to God about what God's talking to you about this morning. Maybe you're here and you need to know this beautiful, beautiful uh, story of God's reception uh, extends to you. Maybe you're here and you, uh, you need to know this. Uh, there is a God in heaven who has created everything. And even though this world is broken and out of joint, uh, he has not abandoned us. He's not forsaken us, uh, but he has, uh, he has shown us that he loves us really, really well. And he did that by sending his son, Jesus. And Jesus gave his life. And Jesus rose again the third day. And Jesus is right now at the right hand of the Father, but Jesus has sent his spirit. And Jesus has a message for you that just says that you are loved and that you can be forgiven and that you can be made whole and that you can be given the strength and the power and the might to forgive others through his spirit. I would encourage you to consider this gospel witness. And as, uh, as we would say, I would encourage you to receive that, that good news of Jesus. Uh, for those of you who might be here and you know you, you have been received by the Father. Whatever the Lord's speaking to you about today, might you talk to him about that. Uh, Lord, please be with us. Uh, attend to us. Meet with us, Lord, I pray. I pray these things in the mighty, resurrected name of Jesus. Amen.
just before we sing this morning, I want to encourage y'all to be praying for Miss Barbara Velasco and her husband George. Uh, tomorrow morning, Brother George has a, uh, a surgery that he has to go in for, and uh, they've been in pre preparation for this for a few weeks. And, um, and so y'all uh, be mindful to be praying for them. Let her know before she gets out of here that you, you will be praying for them. But please keep Miss Barbara and uh, Brother George in your prayers as uh, he has the surgery for the mission. Well, let's stand up together this morning.